In your Bibles this morning, 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And uh, maybe this will help you. It helps me when I'm studying my Bible to know uh, where it's coming from. You hear the preacher say often, uh, Paul's letter to Timothy. And uh, uh, all that means is Paul, the apostle, wrote this letter and he wrote it to his son of faith, Timothy. And uh, when we come to First and Second Timothy, Titus and Philemon, those are all four names and they're often referred to as the pastoral epistles. And it's uh, the nature of these four letters is Paul is writing in a pastoral way to encourage and help Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. And so you have these, uh, these letters. And so the writings we come to in 2 Timothy uh, are meant to help Timothy, a Christian young man, uh, to survive. And we come to 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and... Just to be honest with you, 2 Timothy chapter number 3 is rich with doom and gloom. I mean, it is awful. But you'll find out as we read it, it's so true of the moment and there's a lot of likeness to the moment in which we live. Uh, The doom and gloom comes to a conclusion, though, with a very bright hope. And that's where we're going to get to as we bring this chapter and to focus and pay attention to God's word. One word title this message is continue. Today's message is titled continue. And we should yearn in our hearts to continue in the word of God. If you'll follow along with me, we'll begin reading here in 2 Timothy chapter number 3. The Bible says this in chapter 3 verse number 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was." But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, 
that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Look at verse 14 with me. The Bible says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Continue. Continue. The word continue is an important word. It's good that we keep on keeping on. Continue. The word continue is often translated in our Bible, the New Testament, as remain or abide. And we are to remain and be consistent. We are to abide by the truth. Continue. And I'll just have you know that 2023 is not a time to back up on trusting Jesus. As a matter of fact, it's a time to double down on trusting Jesus. It's a time to double up on knowing and loving and trusting the Word of God. Continue. Paul speaking to Timothy and just speaking the truth, some really bad, difficult, hard facts about the moment and the climate of society at the time of the writing of 2 Timothy. Paul says, Timothy, the way to survive, the way to thrive, the way to make it through is to continue. Continue in the Word of God. Continue in the Word of God. Today's message is simply titled that, Continue. God is calling us to continue. I want to take and look at the whole chapter and look at a number of things to bring it back to the one verse. Our message will come from verse 14, but we need to see the whole chapter and understand how this applies. When we begin this reading, verse number 1 of chapter number 3, the Apostle Paul uh, doesn't mince words. He does just cuts right to the chase and lets Timothy know that he's aware and gives a great description of the moment in which they were living. And he says it like this in verse number 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now he says there's perilous times coming. Uh, the word perilous comes from the word peril. How many of you have ever uh, witnessed any peril? You've witnessed peril. Peril is uh, trouble. Peril is hard times. Peril is disaster. And he says, in the last days, perilous times shall come. You don't have to look very far to find peril. Uh, there's peril rampant all around us. Uh, it's uh, so perilous that even in the town of Chilhowee, we had a raw armed robbery yesterday at the jewelers. Uh, I don't know if there's been other rob armed robberies around here, but there's not been very many, right? Uh, when you start having armed robberies in Chilhowee, you know it's perilous times. Peril. Perilous times. How many of you have watched the news lately? You could describe that as perilous times, right? The Bible continues in verse 2. It says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, Paul says, look, we're in a situation in a day and a time where men are more concerned about themselves than anything else. Do you know that God did not design us to live for ourselves? God designed us to serve other people. God designed us to be like Christ and invest in other people. God designed us to be more concerned about our wives than we are our own selves. More concerned 
about our own children, we are our own selves, more concerned about children and families and our communities than we are our own comfort. You hear words and phrases like risk their fortune and sacred honor described about the names and the founders of our nation. Men who said, you know what? There's something more important than my comfort. But the Bible says, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be loved of their own selves. We all in our sin nature have selfishness that rises to the top. And I want to encourage you to do something. Every time your selfish nature begins to rise to the top, die to yourself, crucify the flesh, and serve others. That's the spirit of a Christian. He says, in the last days, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Look at verse number 2. Covetous, envious, and upset and angry at, because of the good of other people. You know, there will be a lot of people all around you that have things that you'd like to have. Let me teach you to do something. Be happy for them. There's no room for covetousness in the heart of a Christian. If you need it, God will provide it. And just because you don't have something that you want that somebody else has gives you no right to despise them because of what God's provided for them. Learn to say, I'm happy for them. If you'll say it long enough, you'll begin to believe it. It'll help you. Covetousness. But, boy, covetousness is rough. We get to a situation where no one's happy for anyone's well-being. They're just mad because it didn't happen to me. It's a spirit that is not Christ-like. But it's real, isn't it? Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. The word blasphemer jumped off the page to me today. You've met folks who are blasphemous. I don't know about you, but how many of you ever catch yourself writing sometimes and you'll write the name of God or Jesus and you'll accidentally, as you're writing it, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll fail to capitalize the G in God or the J in Jesus. And I don't know about you, but for some reason, my heart just won't let me leave it on the page like that and I've got to fix it. Anybody like that? <laughs> me too. And uh, I don't know, I want to stay sensitive to the fact that I'm not a blasphemer, that I don't take lightly the name of God and the work of God. But oh my, in our society, how many people and how much, how accepted is it to blaspheme the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, to take his name in vain? It's sad, blasphemy, it's real, it's rampant. Blasphemers. Verse number 2, the Bible continues and says, Disobedient to parents, and all of us raising children, like, oh, Lord, be with us all. Disobedient to parents. Now, really, we know that the little kids disobey, and that's fine. We correct it. But I really think the emphasis in this passage of Scripture is not just the children, but it's the adolescents, and it's the spirit of rebellion. I spend a lot of time around young people. I'm thankful for that. I'm hoping it'll keep me young. It's not keeping my hair in my head, but it's keeping me young, hopefully. And sometimes I'm greatly disturbed by the way adolescent teenagers 
speak to their parents and people in authority. I got to be careful. Sometimes it runs all over me. I got to watch so I don't react and get in trouble. Disobedient to parents. Now, the Bible says there's coming a day, and it's here when young people lose respect for authority. Paul said, Timothy, you're going to deal with this. Disobedient to parents, unthankful. <laughs> Got to go far to see that. Do you? Unthankful, unholy. Verse number three, without natural affection. That phrase is important. Without natural affection. We see reports consistently and constantly of mothers murdering children and children mothering, murdering mothers and fathers, children, etc., etc., etc. The Bible calls it without natural affection. Truce breakers won't keep their word. False accusers, liars, incontinent. You see that word, verse 3, incontinent. We use that word often to describe a health condition. But the word incontinent literally means falling apart, out of control. You don't have to look very far to see people and groups of people in society completely out of control. Then the Bible goes on to say fierce, savagely violent despisers of those that are good. Verse number 3, the last phrase, bothers me sometimes. How you see folks who hate people, who want to do good and want to help them, despisers of those that are good. I can't help but think, I may never stop mentioning it, but Stephen Trail, my dear friend that was murdered, by a group of Muslims in Iran. They murdered him because he was good. (laughs) They murdered him because he'd moved to their country to help them. Despise those that are good. Verse 4, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Now, do you get the point? I told you. That this chapter is doom and gloom. And the Bible's painting a picture of the condition of the society at the moment. But I don't know about you, but it doesn't take me very long to identify a lot of these things going on in our own world and even in our own community. I like to poll the audience because it helps me see if maybe I'm uh, barking up the right tree. So participate if you would. How many of you would be honest enough to admit that you look at the coming year and the coming days and you have at least a small amount of fear and maybe a lot. If you think about what's ahead, and you can't help but experience at least a small amount. How many of you are like that? I'm here. Because I see the condition of society and I see the spirit of men and women and boys and it seems like the majority moving away from God and His Word. Boy, Pastor Cody's bringing a really encouraging message today. Oh, it was so good. You ought to heard what he had to say. It was warm and fuzzy and we just, oh, it just felt great going to church today. <laughs> The reality is that there is a lot of trouble. How many of you know there's a lot of trouble? 
How many of you think, man, there's so much trouble, I'm ready to check out? So that happens, doesn't it? It's not time to check out. It's not time to check out. It's not time to give up. It's not time to spend all your life down in the dumps because everybody's going to hell and this world is awful. I hate everybody. It's not time for that. And the Apostle Paul wasn't writing to Timothy to tell him how bad it was so he could just quit and go vacation somewhere and buy his time until he dies and goes to heaven. No, the Apostle Paul was making it clear that in the last days perilous times shall come and it's going to be tough and hard and difficult and there's going to be an uphill battle. But there is hope and there's a reason to continue. And there is an avenue in which that you can continue. And there is a path that you can take that will help you, that will help others, that will bless your family, that will bless the community that you live in. There's an avenue that will make a difference. And it's okay to trust the Lord and just continue. It's bad, yes. But it's not so bad that God isn't able or willing or desiring to work in you and through you. Paul says to Timothy, continue. Continue how? Here's what he says. Verse number 14. Continue in the things which thou hast learned, hast been assured of, none of whom thou hast learned of. Continue in the things you've been taught. He says in verse 15, for example, continue in the thing that, from a child that you've known, the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise into salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Continue in the Bible because in verse 16 it says, the Bible's inspired all Scriptures given by inspiration. Guess what? When we hold in our hands the Bible, we hold in our hands the God-breathed book. It is in, inspired and perfect. We have the Word. He says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Not only do we have the Word, but it is profitable. It does some really good things. It's profitable, in verse 16, for doctrine. What we should believe. Doctrine is just literally what we should believe. What's true. It's profitable to tell us what to believe. For reproof, it's profitable to tell us where we're wrong. How many of you love when somebody tells you you're wrong? <laughs> How many of you have ever had somebody come along and tell you you were wrong and now you look back on it and you're glad they told you? Me too. God's Word will tell you where you're wrong. It will reprove you. It's profitable for reproof, for correction. It's profitable to tell you what is right. It's profitable for instruction in righteousness. It doesn't leave you hanging. It tells you how to get from where you're wrong to how you can be right. It teaches us God's Word is profitable. And then it says in verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. God's Word says here that the Bible, God's Word, will help a man be perfect. Now, don't get this wrong. The word perfect in our New Testament is not used the same way we use the word perfect today. If we say perfect, we think it has zero flaws at all. But when the Bible says perfect, it literally means complete. It means that you have everything you need. You see, when we continue in the Word of God, we have everything we need in order to thrive in life. We're 
perfect. It describes it again. It says that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished. I like those two words, truly furnished. That means completely furnished. How many of you have ever been in a college boy's house or dorm room? Have you ever been in something like that? Have you ever been around where a single young man has began housekeeping by himself? Have you ever been around that? So you walk in and there's cabinets, but uh, you don't put food in cabinets. They're on the counter. And there's uh, dishwashers, but you don't put dishes in them that's on the counter, in the sink. And, you know, you walk through the house. There's no pictures on the wall. You don't need that. You need one chair in front of a television screen with controllers. That's all you need. Uh, that is not truly furnished. Uh, my poor wife, she lives in a home with three boys. I just happen to be older than the other two. But thankfully, because of her, our home is truly furnished. I'm thankful for that. we got everything we need. She takes good care of us. And you can imagine the difference between a truly furnished house and the one I described earlier. The Bible says that if you'll continue in the Word of God, your life will be like that truly furnished home. The things you need will be where they need to be. You'll have hope. So, that's the introduction. Y'all have something to look forward to. I've preached long in everything I've done today. First service, I've preached too long. Sunday school, I've preached too long. And now I've got eight minutes. And I may be too long this, this morning, too. I'll try not to be. A long introduction, a short message. You see, on both sides of our verse today, you have the trouble on, the, on one side, you have the hope on the other, the Word of God do, doing its work. And God's Word tells us something in verse 14. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Let's consider this, number one. Number one. Continuing, number one, is hopeful. Continuing is hopeful. So in verse 13, the Bible says, Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's bad news. Then the Bible says in the first verse of 14, it says, But, it says there's really bad news. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. But, the Bible says, but, there's hope. I love that conjunction. I love that transition. The Bible says it's bad news, but there's hope. Let me tell you something. Continuing is hopeful. There is hope. Now you get in a situation where you look around and you think, boy, yo, this world is going to hell in a handbasket. It's awful. Everything I see is awful, 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 awful. And we just get negative and nasty sometimes. I want you to know something. It is rough and it's difficult and evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse. But there's hope in continuing in the Word of God. Listen. I hear people say, boy, I wouldn't want to raise children this day and age. That's one of the things that drives me nuts. That's why you hear me preach about it occasionally. There's never been a better time in the history of man to raise children than right now. This world needs godly young men and godly young women and parents who say, we're going to instill in our children the word of God. This is the best time ever to raise children. Our world needs them. Hey, look, continuing is hopeful. If you continue in the Word of God, there's hope. But continue 
The Bible says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Number two, continuing is personal. I want to read verse 14. I want you to tell me what word recurs three times. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned. There's a four-letter word that's repeated three times. What is it? One, two, three. Thou. Now, now this is what Paul's saying. Paul is speaking to Timothy, and he says, Timothy, it's rough out there, but what you need to do is continue the Word of God. He says, you need to. You need to. Paul's not saying, hey, look, Timothy, I'm going to continue in the Word of God, and you can just ride on my back, and I'll bring you right into glory. I got this for you, buddy. Oh, no. Paul says, look, Timothy, you are personally going to have to continue in the Word of God. I'm not big on New Year's resolutions, but I'll tell you one that would be beneficial to you. If you determine this year to spend more time in the Bible, if you determine this year to be more faithful to church, if you determine this year to dedicate a little bit more effort to hearing and understanding and applying the truth in God's Word to your life, and there's a thousand ways to do it. You know why? It's not primarily my experience responsibility to teach you the word of God it's one big thing and a part of your Christian life and I'm excited that I get the privilege to preach and teach God's word but you need to make sure that you're putting yourself in the place where you're getting God's word you see continuing is personal how can I find brightness in the darkness of the moment I'll tell you You'll find it in God's Word. God's Word is rich in hope and helpful. The person who needs to emphasize the Word of, life, the word of God in their life is you and me. Continuing is personal. Continuing is hopeful. Number two, continuing is personal. Number three, continuing is historical. Now, this is fascinating to me. Now, what does Paul do? Paul doesn't say, now, Timothy, there's some new fangled ideas coming down the pike that's going to really help you, buddy. He says, no. He says, continue thou, verse 14, in the things which thou hast learned. He's looking at the past. He says, I want to remind you of the scriptures that are able to make you wise unto salvation. He says, Timothy, I want to remind you of something. You know the Bible. You know God's word. And God's word is what you need. You see, continuing is historical. I'm all about new stuff. I like new stuff. If they make a new tool that does something better than the old tool that I've got, I'll just tell you something right now. I want it. I like new things. If they make a TV that's got a clearer picture, I may not be able to get it, but I want it because I like new things. How many of you like new things? I like new. It's good. I like new. Let me tell you something. The answer to the darkness and the climate of our society at this moment is not some newfangled thing or the latest and greatest psycho Bible that's coming out of the universities. The hope for the world is the things which we've learned. It's the Word of God. God's Word is rich. You know, I think it's so wonderful. I love to listen to people, old, ancient folks who have preached and applied the word of God. 
You can back up into the 1600s when preachers first began to record in hand in writing uh, messages, Bible messages, as they've studied the Bible in English and uh, and applied it to life. And you can read something that was written in the late 1600s and 1700s and 1800s, and it is so relevant to the moment. Why? Because the hope of the ages is wrapped up in the Word of God and the person of Jesus Christ. I read often from Charles Spurgeon, a great preacher from the mid-1800s. And it blows my mind how often I read what he has to say straight from a message that he preached from the pulpit of the Metropolitan Tabernacle. And I'm blown away at how relevant the message is for the very moment in which we live. How many of you ever listened to J. Vernon McGee on the radio? How many of you ever heard Brother J. Vernon McGee? He recorded the Through the Bible series, I think, in the 60s. And every day at noon on 91.5 FM, you can pick it up. And the man who's been with the Lord for many years, you hear a recording of teaching and applying of God's Word from the 60s. And it's as relevant this moment as it was the day that it was recorded. But that's not because he was so brilliant. It's because the content in which he was presenting is the inerrant, infallible, profitable Word of God. It's historical. Listen, you don't have to go beyond the Bible to get your help. You can get it there. God will help you. Continue. Continuing is historical. And finally, continuing is certain. The Bible says here in verse 14, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, hast been assured of. Has been assured of. You see that phrase? Has been assured of. Goes to the past, has been assured of. Timothy said, hey, listen, God's word's worked through the ages. It'll work again. You see, continuing the word of God is certain. Are you sure that the latest and greatest ideas for life and marriage and death and finances and everything, are you certain that the newest ideas are going to work? No, it's never been tried. Let me tell you something. God's word and God's way has been tested. It's tried and true. It's tested through the ages. It works. We're assured of it. You see, God's word proved true for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God's word proved true for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. God's word proved true for David. It would have proved true for Saul, but he wouldn't trust it. God's word proved true for Solomon and God's word proved true up into the New Testament. As we meet our Savior, the Christ and his disciples in the beginning of the New Testament church, God's word proved true and God's word has proven truth of the ages. Have you ever tested God's word and found it faithful? Would you say amen? amen? You see, continuing is certain. Look, If you're going to do something this year, if you're worried about what's going on all around you, let me give you one word. Continue. Continue in the Word of God, and you'll be glad you did. You see, continuing is hopeful, it's personal, it's historical, and it's certain. Continue. Hey, look. Continue. Let's just keep trusting the Lord. Let's keep going to His Word.
I love preaching, teaching God's word, but I'm motivated this moment and for this year to be more dedicated to faithful study and preaching of God's word than I've ever been before. Let's continue. The hope for the world, the hope for your home, and for your own heart is in the word of God. Don't neglect it. Continue in the word of God. Let's pray.